Hi, this is Kelly. And this is Jenna. And you're listening to ODFM. Today's episode is One Doctor from Murder. With a guest commentator that is not feline. I'm I'm not feline. (laughs) She's kind of catty. I'm kind of a pussy, but I don't think so. <laughs> and I have very um, But no, I'm just here to watch the magic, and I wa- I'm excited to hear what story we've got going. Jenna? I know. I- Jenna's on the story. Oh, we, and we have to do a shout-out, right? Uh, we do. Grace. Yes, Grace and John. Grace and John, right. Yes. Grace for, their, for their yes. date nights. So <laughs> Grace for- and John are like, oh, God. I know. <laughs> oh, shit. Called me out during this episode with this <laughs> Be Can so I get a stuffed. redo when she's not there? Can I get a redo? Right. <laughs> and Grace and John, if you want to redo, you are completely <laughs> entitled to a redo. They, they are awesome. They listen to our podcast for their date night. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Which That's is awesome. crazy awesome, especially because my husband doesn't like to listen at all. So... <laughs> Yeah, right. but first, everybody right. needs to okay. know who Sadie is, too. Oh, yes. Sadie yes. Young yes. is amazing. I have truly said some awful things on <laughs> We are putting your name to it. Please put it out there. <laughs> Did you want to plug your radio show? Well, you, you know, may okay. as well. Um, I guess. I mean, I, okay. I am on a country station in the morning. It's Big 97.9, and I'm on the Scott and Sadie show, and I'm Sadie. And we're in our 13th year. Oh, my God. Dang. Crazy, I know. Especially in radio. They say that you're not really in radio unless you've been fired before. Lucky number 13, this might be I year. love it. <laughs> this is your year. This might be my, it's my year to make it. <laughs> no, but I, I, I do enjoy doing it. I will say 2020 kind of put a weird spin on things, but... Uh, but you know, I it's it's fun. It's a different. It's interesting every day. So that's you nice. guys are hilarious. It seems like a cool gig. It seems like a really cool gig. It's a great. You know, gig. I'm with uh, my my partner is very straight guy, but he is actually one of the funniest, dirtiest people you'll ever. <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> like off here, we can joke about horrid things, but he's a straight and narrow dude, and yeah, Aww. he's a good man. All okay. right, Jen, we're ready right, for your story. John and Grace. Grace and Grace John and, and Grace. John. Thank you, thank you, thank you for your support. It really yes. means a lot to us. Thank you. So these are the family. date night people? These are the yes. date night people. I would like to apologize that I am on your date night podcast. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and also the cool thing, Grace is one of the artists at the shop. Oh, awesome. So she makes um, wire wrapped rings that are super cool. So <gasps> I've seen those. Yes, that would be Grace. And she <laughs> just had a second baby, so... Oh, Ooh, they need date night. Congrats. Yeah. Damn, date they night need... is working if they're having yeah. children. <laughs> right? In 2020. Date night dresses like take out and don't bother us children. We're oh going to bed early. <laughs> You're awesome. So thank you to those That's two fun. lovers. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. All right, okay. Jen. Are you guys are ready. ready for this one? In the early morning hours of December 31st, 1989, 11-year-old Collier Boyle wakes to the sound of his mother screaming and then a thud. Oh, shit. That sucks. (laughs) (laughs) That would be me, but that's me like dropping shit in the kitchen. Like I broke my favorite glass. I have no idea she was murdered. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) She falls down a lot. (laughs) 
<laughs> if people, they would just think I, I found a spider or something. Yeah. <laughs> you know, they'd be no, like, um, and it got me, you know. <laughs> and it got, okay. so, so he looks over at his Batman clock. It was 3.18 a.m. Petrified, he burrowed into the covers and fixed his eyes on a painting of a sailboat on the wall of his room. Aw, poor baby. I know. He's terrified. Yeah. You should have maybe gotten up and... Yeah, he, he get up, Collier. Well, I, I, my kids better. I don't know. You, might, you guys might want to wait first. Hold on, hold on. Oh, crap. Now I'm gonna feel like a jerk. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Then he heard footsteps in the hallway. They paused outside his bedroom door. Collier <laughs> froze and pretended to be asleep, and the footsteps continued down the hall. Aww. The little boy didn't know it then, but he just heard his mother Noreen being murdered in their oh. Mansfield, Ohio home. And the ominous footsteps came from his father, John, checking to see if his son had heard anything. What a dick. I knew it. What a dick. This podcast should be called It's Always the Fucking Husband or Boyfriend. (laughs) And and I wouldn't even say boyfriend. I'd just say husband. It's always the husband. It is. It's, yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty freaking common. Noreen Marie Schmidt was 17 when she met 19-year-old John F. Boyle Jr. They were high school sweethearts. Noreen came from a working class background. She was the daughter of a secretary and a machinist, and she had trained as a dental hygienist. They were married in 1968 when they were 23 and 25. In 1973, John graduated from the University of Pennsylvania and then graduated from the Philadelphia College of Osteopathy. Oh, so he had like goals. Osteopathy is like um, bones and shit, right? Oh, really? I meant to look I'm that making up and things I totally up, forgot. but <laughs> are you thinking of osteoporosis and that's how you got to there? I think that's what I got to. Maybe oh I that makes sense. That Maybe makes I so should sense. look it up. That makes sense, but I'm I'm thinking you're right because there okay. was something I saw about his medical practice. He was trying to like get like a Medicaid and Medicare uh, cases and like injury cases. So I th- I think you might be correct there. I'll see. Now he's a surgeon, so she thought she was marrying into the good life oh yeah you know coming from with like a blue collar background to a doctor oh, of yeah. bones oh yeah she totally thought that she was you know i'm marrying a doctor i'm i'm not going to be from this you know working class mm-hmm. background anymore yeah in 1983 john and noreen moved to mansfield ohio where john's medical practice flourished oh my um, god yeah and I guess she came home with the kids and shit, right? And clean the house. Have you seen this story? <laughs> no, I'm getting get mm-hmm. her husband's a doctor, you know? Right. She married a doctor. Nice house, went to Target every day. Wore her Uggs. Wore her Uggs. It's 1978, yeah. people. Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> moon boots. She wore her there moon boots. There you go. <laughs> right. <laughs> I thought Uggs were the ugly version. They are. How dare you? <laughs> those, are my dream. those are your dress shoes <laughs> oh god okay uh, all right all right back to the story okay hold on in 1978 after 10 years of marriage their son collier landry boyle was born oh, Collier remember 10 years yeah 10 years yeah. yeah i don't know what she was doing for 10 years just live in the high yeah, life I, mean, if you don't have, I don't know i just if you don't have a job what do you do all day if you don't if you don't have kids yeah I want that sounds like a fucking dream. That sounds Wake amazing. up whenever you want. Yeah. 
Okay, so Collier was was born after 10 years. He remembers that his father was always on call and hardly around. But Dick. he and his mother... <laughs> he and his mother were very close. They were best friends. Aww. Oh, my God. Poor Collier. That's such a weird <laughs> name, but poor Collier. You're going to make Kelly's, like, poor call, wine call. come out her nose. I know. I almost spit left. <laughs> Um, in June of 1989, just six months before the murder, just six months before, oh. the Boyles adopted a three-year-old girl from Taiwan they named Elizabeth. Aww. What? Oh. Yeah, I thought that was really kind of crazy. I think like, that was like a marriage fix. Like, I don't know. Oh, maybe. She maybe. was like, oh, uh, maybe. feeling empty inside because he's not filling her gas tank with love. And so she's like... <laughs> I don't want to have another baby and be pregnant. Right. I, I think we should adopt a child. And, and I sense. think that is very sweet. And again, the husband sounds like a real dick cheese. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, it gets better. So the Boyle's marriage was far from perfect. John reportedly had several affairs. Oh. Oh, my God. It I is a fix. You, you knew, knew it. that. I As he do. got older... Collier began to suspect his father was cheating on his mother. Then one day he was introduced to his father's patient, Sherry Lee Campbell. And Collier said, quote, everything started to click. They kissed and she was wearing my mother's ring. What? I told my mom, I think daddy's having an affair. And you got to know that she already knew. Yeah. Aww. You're eating jewelry from her to give to the woman. Yeah. Oh, what a cheap piece of shit that guy right? is. Right? This is right around, this is the same time they're adopting Elizabeth. Oh, oh my This God. is like in the same month. I couldn't find out exactly like which came before, but it was right around the same time. And Noreen already knew about John's most recent girlfriend. She already knew about Sherry. Uh. What she didn't know was that Sherry was pregnant with John's baby. <gasps> Damn it, John. You know what? Why why are dipshit men not wearing condoms when they cheat? You no shit. Assholes? Good point. Good point. I'm very angry at that right now. <laughs> <laughs> this is where I thought it would be a, a good place to, to take a break because okay, good, we were going to have to process. On November 13th, 1989, John Boyle and Sherry Campbell purchased a lakefront house in Erie, Pennsylvania. John insisted that they needed possession of the house by January 1st, 1990. Hmm. Began the process of moving his medical practice from Ohio to Pennsylvania. Where was the wife when all this was happening? Hmm. Was she already gone? No. So this is November and she was murdered that New Year's. Oh, New Year's. Oh. They purchased the house on November 13th. Five days later, after 22 years of marriage, Noreen filed for divorce, citing... Yeah, Yeah. Extreme mental cruelty and gross neglect. Oh, yeah. She was asking for a large settlement in terms of alimony and property. As she should. Right? In return, this just, I'm telling you, everything I'm going to tell you about John just makes him a bigger douchebag. In return, John wanted to declare the adoption of Elizabeth invalid. (gasps) He he went back and said, I don't want the baby, the kid anymore? Yep. What a shithead. Yep. John sounds like a real... Shit. Uh, that's not how it works. It's not how it works. You can't return oh your god. babies. You can't return the baby. Oh my god. Yeah. And then old <gasps> horny John ruined it. Oh, right. Fucking horny John. <laughs> god. Horny John. The following week after she filed for divorce, John sent a letter to his patients telling them he'd be closing his office in Ohio. 
He then contacted the realtor in the new pencil, the realtor of the new Pennsylvania house on December 4th and asked about the basement floor and what was under it. Whoa. Oh my God. It's like he wanted to get caught. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. Just tell everyone your plans. Right. Exactly. We watch all these shows. We're like, are you stupid? You literally... We see the red flags all the time, but not everybody does. I guess I guess that's not a completely weird thing to ask a realtor if you're purchasing a house. I guess it's not totally bizarre how, to be like, how okay, soft so the is basement. that earth? Is that yeah, variable body in there? <laughs> right? This is what drives me crazy. People are dipshit dumbasses. Go ahead. Mm, <laughs> those were two really good words that we could use also. Well, I, yes. I'm giving them to you this holiday season. There you go. <laughs> Thank you for that. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. So the purchase of the Pennsylvania home was finalized on December 15th. John got keys for the new home on December 27th. And that weekend he rented an electric jackhammer. Oh. oh my God. He wants to get caught. <laughs> you just yeah. leave a paper trail everywhere oh you go. Oh my God. I'm going to rent a jet. He's a, do you ever wonder with these crime shows? It's always like a doctor who does shit. And I yeah. think, didn't you go to, aren't you super smart? Yeah. No, they're yeah. book smart. They're uh, not street smart. They're, they're not book smart. smart. Scott. They're yeah. book smart. Yeah. yeah. Oh, Good no, point. None of those, none of the crazy serial killers are, you know, doctors. doctors. They're, 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 you know, lunatics from the street. So, <laughs> yeah. so, so back in Ohio, the night before New Year's Eve, 11 year old Collier said goodnight to his mother for the last time Aww. and went to bed. The screams and the thuds he heard that woke him in the middle of the night were caused by John hitting Noreen over the head and then suffocating her with a plastic bag. Holy what a shit. Day. That takes a while too. <sighs> even, even more horrifying. I, I got one further for you. Even more horrifying. Three year old Elizabeth possibly witnessed the whole thing <gasps> no way that adopted the kid oh no she later told the lead investigator lieutenant uh john messmore that she saw john hit noreen over the head and then quote daddy put mommy on the floor and wrapped her up like a snowman see this is oh. what's so interesting because i also have a three-year-old toddler girl i cannot imagine her being that articulate about my murder I feel like she'd be like, can we watch Moana? (laughs) (laughs) Right. (laughs) Right, exactly. (laughs) Yes, but let me finish what I'm doing here. God dang it. Yeah, go ahead. In the morning, Collier woke up and ran to his mother's bedroom. They also alluded, I couldn't find it specifically, but they alluded to the fact that his mom had a separate bedroom than the dad. I have a feeling that they were... Oh, duh. Who wants to touch that drippy dick? (laughs) But I also want to (laughs) know... I mean, like, come on, he's probably, he's, yeah, he's got all sorts of rashes going on. I don't know where that's been, right? (laughs) Oh, God. Again, happy anniversary or happy date night to your friends. (laughs) Oh, God. (laughs) Oh, good date night story. Okay, so Collier went to his mother's bedroom. She wasn't there. When he asked his father where she went, John said, quote, mommy took a vacation. We got into an argument. And then Collier said, or this is what he said to a reporter, he sat me down and gave me a whole lecture about how we weren't going to call the police. I didn't trust my father as far as I could throw him. I snuck away with the portable phone and called Shelly. Shelly Bowden was his mother's best friend. Wow, this kid is smart. He was smart. He's a rock star. Right? What a dumbass dad. So I, I, 
I imagine yeah. when he heard the screaming and the thud, I, I have a feeling it wasn't the first time things got physical oh. and he oh. just was trying to stay out of it. But I don't think he realized oh. that she'd been killed. I don't the think severity. that. Oh. You just have to think how hard, if that's your best friend and you're so close to your mom and then you're yeah. dead. Oh, yeah, that's right? so sad. Uh, Very. Okay, keep going. So, okay, so that was so that was New Year's Eve day that that conversation happened. On New Year's Day, Shelly Bowden called police to say that she could not reach Noreen. Okay. And when the police came to investigate, Collier told the police what he heard the two nights before. Good. Good and job for him. Yep. Right? I hope my kids legit turn someone in if they murder me. That is the good thing to do. I don't know how to bring that up to them so they understand. Yeah. I think we need to have a, a, a PSA to children out there. <laughs> yeah, I don't know that it should come from us, you guys. I have a bad feeling about that. No public service announcements from us. Continue with your horrifying story, Jenna. Oh, gosh. Okay. Okay. <clears throat> the next day, uh, the brother of John's girlfriend returned the rented jackhammer. So he didn't return it himself. Somebody else did it. Brother-in-law returned? Wow. The brother. No, it was the brother of the, the girlfriend. Yeah. So the future. Right. Yes. The future. Right. John was seen January 2nd or 3rd at his girlfriend's uncle's home. That comes into play later. Okay. Where are the kids during all of this? Yeah. Are they with not sure. At home watching totally Moana. Sure. Yeah. They at home watching Moana. Moana. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Over the next week, John buys green indoor-outdoor carpeting and installs it in the base of the new house. <laughs> He's getting some AstroTurf. Yep. You go and you buy green carpeting, it should automatically go to the police. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yes. It's just like the receipt right. that goes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. It, it flags something. Bought a gun, flags something. Indoor outdoor carpeting. Sorry. <laughs> I love it. On January 8th, a contractor installs shelving in the basement over the carpeting. The contractor found it odd that all the basement windows were open while it was so cold out in January. Mm. Oh, it's because of the smell. Mm. Mm. Yeah, we don't want to smell in that. Mm. I've heard the smell is horrendous. Oh. Yeah. Horrendous. I can't, I can't I imagine. Really wanna, I mean, yeah. we've had a, a mouse die in our wall. <gasps> and that's bad. Oh my God, we did too. And it was, oh God, I never even thought about that. That's just, you know, that's small. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah, we've both had mice die in our walls. Oh, I thought you were a person. Oh, a person? No. Oh. (laughs) She's like, boop, 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 boop. You guys. (laughs) I'm out. (laughs) No. Mice. Wait. Wait. Okay. (laughs) Oh, my God. Okay. Uh, On January 12th, John and Sherry gave birth to a baby girl. They named Christine after his mother. So she had her baby shortly after. But the new family didn't have much time together. At 6 p.m. on January 25th, police executed search warrants on both of John's homes. Yeah, baby. Good. Uh In the New Erie, Pennsylvania home, under the newly built shelves, under the newly placed green indoor-outdoor carpeting, they found fresh cement filling a hole in the basement floor. Mm -hmm. What a shock. Oh my God, I can tell you eight different things he's done wrong, you fucking idiot. <laughs> it's true. Yeah, yeah, dumbass. At 11 p.m., investigators dug up Noreen Boyle's body buried oh. two feet below the basement floor in soft white clay. John was taken into custody immediately. Good. All yeah, right. 
I said, did they cut his wiener off and execute him? <laughs> I'm not there yet. <laughs> That's true. Okay, so police found chunks of concrete from the home's basement on Sherry's uncle's property where John had been seen at the beginning of January. Uh, he's not very good at covering his tracks. Mm-mm. I mean, he's just, I mean, it's bad. Yeah. It's like a whole family affair. Mm-hmm. It is. On January 31st, so this is like one month after the killing, he was indicted on charges of murder and abuse of a corpse. <gasps> what did he do yeah. the corpse? I guess just the fact that he buried, buried it on the ground. Uh, I guess that was mm-hmm. it, that she, he, she died and he moved her. and Because he also took her from Ohio to Pennsylvania. Oh, so cross state her. lines would be worse mm-hmm. too. Yeah. You know what's so sad about this whole story is that she just wanted a divorce and raise her child, her children. Yeah, right. Yeah. And, you know, the son that was like her best friend oh, and his best friend. Totally. I think, just dude, like, I don't understand the concept of she wants out and so he's going to kill her. Well, he, you know, he, oh, he didn't want to give up any money. Yeah. Oh, now, I mean, what, what's Like happening? he didn't have enough. <laughs> like he didn't have some to spare. And it's to take care of his his kids. They're his kids. So, well, oh. but he was trying to get out of the other girl. Yeah. Because yeah. he didn't want to pay for her. Ugh. Yeah. God, gross. So, so he, he's such a sleaze. This part makes me kind of nauseous. So his assets were frozen. So his loyal patients started a public campaign <gasps> asserting that he is not guilty and created a legal defense fund. What the fuck? Mm. Come on. Yeah, I know. But I like my doctor, like my personal doctor. So I, if I feel like if I didn't know that, which I don't know his relationship right at all, but I'd be like, no way he murdered her. He's not, he's a great doctor. He's a very, but would you, doctor. would you actually like start a fund for him or would he be like, hmm, hope that works out. <laughs> I, I'm too lazy to do that for anyone in my <laughs> Right. I feel like I'd be like, huh. I'll remember to, you know, check the news for that later. I'll, you know, I don't know that I would. Yeah. Plus, I'd be pissed I'd have to find a new doctor because that's a pain in that's, the ass. But it that's is. a whole different. It sucks. It is right. bad. That's the number one thing you ask for. <laughs> you know, so. So, see, this was perfect. See, I thought that we would take a break here anyway. So, see, okay. we, we discussed idea. all of our stuff. So, Cut it okay. out. Do you own a small business or make cool and unusual handcrafted items? We love artists and small business owners, and we would be stoked to help get the word out about yours. Consider advertising with us through this podcast. It's super affordable, and our podcast reaches every corner of the U.S., even worldwide. To find out more, visit otfmpodcast.com and click on the Advertise With Us link. Let's get your creativity into the hands of people who would love it. Now we're going to come back and we're going to finish up this lovely tale. The trial began in June, June 4th of 1990, which I thought was pretty damn wow. fast. Yeah. Right? That's Because that she next... was murdered at New Year's. But that's six months. Yeah. I thought that was really, I mean, because sometimes I've seen them where it's like it's been two years before they go on trial because there's motions. Yeah, but I mean, this crap, asshole right? made every mistake in the book. That's oh true. my God, he so did. True. Good point. I'm sure many people came forward and said, yeah, that was weird. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Um, yeah. He pled and he pled innocent, though. Of course. Of course. Of course. Yeah. Of course. What a narcissistic sociopath. Totally. Oh, it gets better. You'll see. He is. Oh, <laughs> wonderful. State's attorney James Mayer told the jury that in the early morning hours of December 31st, in their Mansfield, Ohio home, 
John Boyle knocked his wife out cold, then covered her head with a white plastic garbage bag from their kitchen and suffocated her. Oh my gosh. He then drove her body to Erie, Pennsylvania, put it into cold storage in a rented locker, then prepared her grave in the basement of his newly purchased home. Oh. So somewhere along the lines, they got records that he rented a, a cold locker. This guy. Wow, what a dick. And yet, he's wondering why he was caught. Yeah. Like, let me put a trail out of all my yeah, receipts. Right? No, yeah, right? I'm going to rent a cold <laughs> exactly. locker. Like, not, what are you doing? You yeah. I didn't even know that was something you could do. Yeah. What would people want with the, I don't know. I don't even know. I don't even know either. Maybe like, oh, I, I can imagine ranchers. I mean, we're in like ranching community, you know, cold lockers for all your beef sides. Right. A side of beef. But we're in we're in Pennsylvania. True. Is there a lot of beef? I feel I like know. if I ran the cold <laughs> locker business, I'd be always suspicious of people. Oh, totally. Oh, I'd be yeah, checking right? constantly. Mm-hmm. Ooh, let's yeah. start one of those. Yeah. Okay. Side biz. <laughs> Side oh that my god like we could all start crime fighting and we can have a <laughs> through, through cold storage lockers there you, you go know if they're coming right. through there. come on you guys on. that's a whole that cold cases it's a whole nother <laughs> thing for cold cases you're right, you're right all right yeah we'll hold off all we right. got excited okay speaking <laughs> of the future <laughs> The, the prosecutor uh, further explained that John had planned to move into the house with his then pregnant girlfriend, Sherry Lee Campbell, her two children by previous marriages, and uh, his own two children, Collier and Elizabeth. Jesus. I can't believe that he was taking Elizabeth yeah. too, though. He yeah. didn't want Elizabeth. No. Here's the sick thing. He was planning to use the basement with Noreen memorialized in the concrete floor as a playroom for the kids. Ew. Yeah, but you know what? He's an idiot. Yeah. He is an idiot. But can you imagine poor Collier, like, <gasps> not realizing that his mom was below oh, him the whole... Oh, I can't oh, even. So sad. So, so I, I'm really proud of him, though, because he yes. really stepped up and was like, uh, I don't trust you. I'm calling. No, no. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He, he does one better. Ooh. He testified. He testified <gasps> against his dad. Mm-hmm. That's next. 12-year-old, he was 12 by this point, Collier testified for the prosecution against his dad. He revealed that he and his mother feared John's nastiness and temper. And he told the courtroom, quote, I was extremely afraid of my father. I always have. Oh, sweet baby. Which I understand why, if there's noises and screaming mm-hmm. where he was like, I'm going to be asleep. Oh, you know, baby. Oh, um, boy. Oh, here we go. Remember when Collier said he knew his dad was cheating on his mother when he saw them kissing and that Mm. she was wearing his mother's ring? Yeah. Yeah. Remember that Mm -hmm. ring? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, it was a very unique diamond ring with two parallel bars that allowed diamonds to slide back and forth. I searched everywhere to try to find a picture of this ring and I could not find it anywhere. Yeah. But so I guess it had loose diamonds and somehow, I don't know. It was like a Pandora ring. Right? Yeah. Like That's charm, what I'm picturing, right? Charm bracelet. Yeah, and the things version. can like slide, right? Huh. Okay. So the prosecution called Michelle Thompson to p- testify. She had been one of John's earlier mistresses. Mm. And she told the jury that she and John had bought the ring together in <gasps> Columbus, Ohio back in 1985. Oh. Dude, this guy can spring for more than one ring, I'm assuming. Yeah. <laughs> right? <laughs> Dude. Cheap douche girl. Douchebag. 
John's current girlfriend and mother of his newborn child, Sherry, was sitting in the rear of the courtroom during this testimony, and she noticeably wiped tears from her eyes as she listened. Apparently, she had thought she was the original owner of the ring (gasps) rather than the third owner. Mm. She didn't know it was Noreen's. She didn't know about the other girl. Mm. All right. So she's crying. Like, at what point does this woman stand up and say, like, and can I just ask you if she knew about the murder, which I'm assuming she did because her brother had done stuff. Yeah. Right? Wouldn't you be scared for your own? Like, totally. You think, right? Else, yeah. You're going to murder me at some point. Mm-hmm. I, I think she was yeah. snowed. Totally. I think she was totally like, or at least, at least, I don't know what he had must have told her about what his ex-wife was about. But I don't think she knew about all the other previous that he had a history. Mm, okay. Yeah, but I mean, it's not shocking to anybody. She should not be shocked by that. She's the right. other woman. Right. This was an interesting little tidbit. Mm. The fact that she found out about the, the ring in court and that, you know, she was the third owner. This may explain why John Boyle wore the same cranberry colored sweater for court five days in a row. An assistant prosecutor confided that after the testimony, Sherry had stopped bringing a fresh change of clothes to John each day at the Richland County Prison. Yes, girl. <laughs> You're on your own, dude. <laughs> ah, that's awesome. Yep. Not- mm-hmm. Yeah, but again, she had to know something was going on. And even if, okay, she wasn't sure of the murder, you're still a hoe that's cheating. <laughs> True. You're still a hoe, right. Yeah. Like, who yeah. are you yeah. to judge anybody? And then the fact yeah. that he murdered some his wife. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. totally. You're not in the clear, you asshole. Even if she, no. if she didn't know, how creeped out are you that you're like, oh, he thought he was going to kill her and then put her in our basements yeah we were just gonna don't worry babe that'll be the kids room and i'm okay with astroturf yeah i mean (laughs) again we all need to go i should be detective yes carpet would be like the red flag of the century right Uh (laughs) uh-huh murder house house, astroturf i know i can look at a carpet store but this screams murder yeah 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 Oh God. Okay. Um, one of, <laughs> you guys are killing me. One of John's defense attorneys, Bob Whitney, claimed that John rented the jackhammer for ice on the brick sidewalk of his home. He was afraid his wife and children would slip and fall. Yes, that's a common use for jackhammers. I know that's what I uses, do. And that's not going to just take out the brick underneath. I mean, who the <laughs> hell? <laughs> this is like three foot thick ice. You buy the salt shit and then yeah. you, right. you this is down. That was like <laughs> the lamest uh, cover I could possibly think of. Yeah. He's a horrible lawyer. But then again, he doesn't have much to work with. Yeah. No, that's he true. Doesn't. They're just trying. He's, they're like, they, he lives in the middle of a lake. They need yeah. a jackhammer to get through the ice. Right. Yeah. John also testified on his own behalf for nine hours, which, as we know, oh. is always a bad idea. Yeah, to Never testify, testify on your for behalf. yourself. Yeah. Uh, during questioning, it came out that he had arranged for Sherry Campbell to cook a pork roast and bring it over on New Year's Day, which evidence that John knew there was no chance Noreen would be home, according to the prosecutor. Mm. He's just digging himself in further. And he's he's asking for food after he murders someone. Oh, right. Good point. Well, you get hungry after all that digging. I mean, it's <laughs> exhausting. I like to think that if I murdered someone, it would stop my appetite for a few days. You could or lose some weight. 
there was remember that guy like it was one of our first episodes where he he had the the guy in the back of the car and then he stopped for a cheeseburger oh yeah mm-hmm. yeah. yeah why not mm-hmm. yeah. as one does yeah there's a body in the back no worries body Let's in the trunk cheese. she's yeah you hear about that all the time though you know yeah well, people gotta eat what's <laughs> right. their appetite yeah yeah oh my god so here's the good news the jury found John, uh, Dr. John Boyle guilty after only six hours of deliberation. And I think five of those hours were just like playing Frisbee. <laughs> totally, right? <laughs> exactly. like, we're just going to pretend we're taking this seriously. Yeah, 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 we have to make sure that they think that we thought about it, right? They also stopped and ordered food. They're um, like, <laughs> we're just paid for, we're going to have lunch. <laughs> totally, <laughs> for, right? That's true. Yeah, um, I would do that. So the judge sentenced him to 20 years to life for aggravated murder and 18 months for abuse of a corpse. Yeah, and I don't think that's long enough because odds are, how old is this guy? Do you know the age of this guy? Because he's, he might get out, yeah. even if he's old and pooping his pants, the mm-hmm. fact that he's seen the light of day and still took a mm-hmm. human life. Yeah. Totally. Totally. Mm-hmm. Oh, the Boyle children were placed in foster care. Collier oh, lost contact with his adopted <gasps> younger sister, Elizabeth, oh, no. um, as she was taken into another family who changed her name because they oh, felt she had been yeah. traumatized by all that, obviously. Yeah. I mean, this poor kid, she went from being adopted into a family and then- yeah. The murder and then the trial and then she went into foster oh. care and I can't even but imagine. to lose the one person they knew oh it sounds like this woman who was murdered was a great mom yeah yeah Aww. there's oh I have great pictures that we can post you can just okay. see she was very connected to her kid after nine months Collier was adopted by the Ziegler family who lived in Ontario he was very happy in his new life but he still wanted answers from his father and he wrote oh. him many times mm-hmm. and he even offered him his forgiveness in one Whoa. letter. And I'm going to, I, I wow. have the letter. I got to read this to you. So this is what Collier wrote. Dear dad, I know you're never going to tell me why you killed mommy. Oh. I know you'll never tell me why you cheated on her so much. I don't think our friends and family will ever forgive you completely for killing my mommy. But if you pass on soon, I want you to know that I forgive you. I still love you, dad. Never forget that. I really hope you face up to what you've done and realize that it was wrong. Much love, Collier. Oh, wow. What a good kid. Which he probably learned from his mother. His mother, who was kind and giving. Yeah. Yeah, not this guy. He got a reply. Uh Oh, Oh, God. His father wrote back. Oh, God. Get in the right space to say this. Okay. Oh, God. I am guilty of no crime against your mother. Your poisonous communication is more (gasps) aptly the product of some nearby cesspool. You are imbued with hate. Wow. You unctuous brat. (gasps) You shameful coward. No. You are truly evil. We, therefore, no longer consider you a member of our family. (gasps) What? Oh, wow. For real going to hell. And this is this has got to be when this wow. kid's got to be like thirteen. I mean, he's saying mommy and stuff like yeah. that. He's got to be like, yeah, he's still got to be like thirteen, yeah, fourteen child, like, tops, right? Aww. This is what, what he sends back. Horrible person. Oh, this guy. I can't. John continued to fight the conviction after he was imprisoned. One argument made was that the body found in his basement had it been accurately identified as Noreen Boyle. So oh, apparently, it was just it could have been just anybody's body. Yeah, because <laughs> that yeah. happens all the time. Some of the autopsy details, including her eye color, were wrong. 
And John's brother claimed that he'd received a phone call from Noreen after the night she disappeared. So he's sticking with this whole she's left me bullshit. Oh, right. So in 1995, they exhumed the body. (gasps) Whoa. And authorities confirmed by matching a blood sample from the body to the victim's sister that it was indeed Noreen Boyle. Okay. So they had to go through the whole thing where uh, the family had to see the body dug up. Uh, Collier, Collier ended up dropping the last name Boyle and he uses his okay. middle name Landry as his last name. So now he goes by Collier Landry and you can look him up too. He's I'm in his 40s. And yeah. he looks like a murderer. John? Oh, that Ew. guy. I thought you meant Collier. Yeah. Ew. Oh, yeah. Ew. He's gross. That yeah, fro, though. That fro- <laughs> so Collier, Collier's in his 40s, and he works as a cinematographer in Los Angeles. Oh, cool. Good for him. Yes. He is still deeply affected by his mother's murder, and he, sure. he truly believes his dad would have killed him if he hadn't pretended to be asleep. Oh. I bet you. Baby. I bet, Probably. yeah. Witness, right? Yep. So, okay, in 2017, Collier Landry and filmmaker Barbara Koppel released a documentary called A Murder in Mansfield. Mm-hmm. So there is there is a documentary. Okay. I have not watched it yet. <gasps> we need um, to watch this. Looking for total closure, he visited his father at Ohio's Marion Correctional Institution. If you're allowed, I would be like, you're done. You're done. Yeah. I'm not going to do this. Yeah. He allowed Koppel to film him meeting with his father. Wow. So you can watch that. I haven't watched all of it yet, but he was, he went there hoping to finally understand the motive behind the murder. So I'm going to read you like transcript from it. It says, Oh God, I kill her. His, uh, he asked his father as seen in the documentary. I killed her by accident. John insists. This is the opportunity for truth. Collier says, Collier, I have told you the truth. John says, I don't know what story you're looking for. I have told you the truth. Mm. Still being a total dick. Total dick. I know. So poor Collier left unsatisfied and frustrated. He said he was done with his father's bullshit and he doesn't plan on speaking to him ever again. Good. He did also try to contact Elizabeth for the documentary, but she did not respond. And he has not spoken to her since they were both adopted. Well, and you have to think she was so little. She probably. That poor kid's probably been in a whole bunch of therapy and was trying super hard to move past it. Hmm. I mean, she was, she was only with them for like six months. Oh, yeah, and then daddy you know, murdered mommy. And- yeah, right. And then everything went haywire. So John was up for parole in 2010. Oh, my God. But he was denied Good. because on the basis that he denied for years that he even killed his wife. The wow. board stated that he, quote, now only takes responsibility for her death by pushing her, causing her to hit her head, not with prior calculation and design. He also claimed he left the room. And then he returned to perform CPR on his wife for 15 oh, to 30 God. minutes without summoning medical help. Right. With so the at least at this bag. time. Right. But yeah, they didn't say anything yeah. about the plastic bag. And I, I, shoot, I should have written it down, but I'm pretty sure they said when they found her in the basement, she had the plastic <gasps> bag still on her head. Oh, my so, God. So you, yeah. you, she passed out. She was dead. You tried to give her CPR and then you just put the bag on her head. Why? To preserve yeah. her hair? What? what? <laughs> to preserve her hairstyle. No. He's the idiot in the world. And he... Totally. For somebody who is so smart, book smart, mm-hmm. he's just a complete dumbass if he's... Yeah, he is. Leaving the... I mean, just even to think... Just pay your ex-wife. She's done a lot for you. She's... Yeah. Children. 
Yeah. Whatever. You're going to move on. You're going to have your own shit anyway. You already got your new house by the lake and all that crap. Yeah. Whatever. Live your life and let them be happy. And yeah, she could have been totally. a great single mother. She could have been. Mm-hmm. But so you know, basically was. So to answer your earlier <sighs> question, Sadie, Ooh. he is now 77 years old mm. as of right now. He's 77. And I didn't know this when I started researching this story, but he was up for parole again just a few weeks ago on December 2nd of 2020. And he was denied again. Oh, yes. Thank God. So, yeah, because I was like, wait a minute, like like just a couple weeks ago, I was like, wow. So his next parole hearing is scheduled for October 1st, 2025. Oh, good. So he's in prison right now. Yeah. COVID's running rampant. That's he might true. not make it to 2025. That's true. Here's hoping. That is my story for today. Yay. So <laughs> so that could have been like. I'm going to spend the afternoon Googling all of these people. And be I know. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> thank you for letting me be a guest host on your show. Oh You're my amazing, gosh. Thank you for Sadie. doing it. Thank you for doing this. <laughs> so glad to have you. It was Fun. amazing. Anytime. Anytime you want to offend people, I'm oh, <laughs> in. Sources for this story include Esquire.com, Crimeola.com, Findagrave.com, MansfieldNewsJournal.com, ForensicFilesNow.com, TheSun.com, and GoEerie.com. To see images from this story, follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at ODFM Podcast or on our website at odfmpodcast.com, where you'll also find a link to our merch store, where you can get awesome stuff like t-shirts, mugs, stickers, and more. And if the weekly podcast just isn't enough to fill your ODFM cup full, join our fan club on Patreon for more content like minisodes, bloopers, and discounts at our merch store. That site is patreon.com slash odfmpodcast. And if you do love our bloopers and need more than we naturally do, which is a lot, buy us a glass of wine at buymeacoffee.com slash ODFM podcast. Thanks for listening to another episode of ODFM, hosted by Kelly DeVries and Jenna Swanson. Production and editing by Kelly DeVries. Theme music by Eric Swanson. ODFM is a satirical true crime podcast for entertainment purposes only. The stories you hear are serious and true. The comments and opinions are not.